friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Chichings. My name is Lauren Keplinger, and today on this episode, I have with me Lisa Jaworski of Awestruck Aspirations. And I am really excited to jump into this conversation and to share her story or for her to share her story with you and how she got started and what she's doing. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Can you give people a little bit of background information about who you are and what you do and your story? Sure, sure. I'll try to make it brief. I've worked in the field of therapeutic recreation since before 2000. So it's been over 20 years now. And it really, I guess, my work really started as a passion for me. I ended up, I first was going to take a different route and do television and radio broadcasting and applied to university for that and theater arts. And But my co-op placement in high school really led me down a, a different road. And I found a love for working with the older population when I had my student placement in a long-term care home. So I think it's important really to stress the fact that I decided to go that route because I honestly feel like that work saved me. And so I'm sure many people can relate that, you know, in those teenage years, life gets tough and you get thrown a few curveballs along the way. But what I found was that even when I needed to take a a week or two off of school, and that was really encouraged for me at a certain point, that I wanted to continue with the co-op placement because I felt that that joy and that I was getting more probably out of the experience than the people I was working with. But it was fueling me. So after I took a year off, I went back and went to school for the purpose of working with the senior population. So over the last 20 plus years, I've worked in day programs and long-term care, uh, hospital and community with the senior population, mainly with people with dementia, memory loss of some kind, as well as now I'm also working with individuals who have mental health conditions. So it could be including depression, anxiety, or other concerns that would be related to mental health. So yeah, that's really where this whole shop kind of stemmed from is my love for that population. Okay. And I'm really interested to dive into that. But first, for my own curiosity, I have to ask you, as a non-Canadian, what is a co-op <laughs> placement for high school? Because I've never heard of that so before. So in, I can't remember if it's grade 11 or 12. And I don't know if the aging and the grades are different there, but I would be probably, I was 17-ish at the time. So it's a class in school that we are then able to go out into the community, whether it's, I think we had the choice between going to an elementary school to do our placement and learn from, you know, the teachers and the helping the teachers in a school system, or we could choose an aged facility, an aged care facility, like a long-term care home where we could do our placement there. So it's like a volunteer type of placement, but we get student, we get hours and a credit for that to go towards our diploma or our graduation at the end of the high school years. 
Well, I love that idea. I think that that's really neat educationally, but also, you know, as you're telling this story, like it completely changed the trajectory of your life. So yes, I wish there were more opportunities to be very honest. I don't think I knew enough about the different types of occupations that were even out there, you know, to choose from. So yeah. Yeah. Isn't that true of all of us? So tell me then about what this path has looked like from, you know, getting started working in long-term care and memory loss facilities to having an Etsy shop and a YouTube channel and all of these other various things that you're doing that are obviously above and beyond just, you know, working as an employee in a facility. I think it's because of the love that I have for the work. And so... It started off, I'm going to be very honest and say the first few years was a bit of an eye opener where I did, you know, I achieved that goal. I got my diploma and moved on into long-term care and even was in a coordinator position in long-term care here is the, you know, it's, it's the more advanced, I guess. So that's, it's further than retirement home. And I'm only saying this because I'm not sure the difference between the American terms and versus Canadian, but Long-term care is where people usually live the rest of their lives, quite frankly. And I find that the staffing, especially for the recreation departments, which are also called different things, is very minimal. And the staff ratios is quite difficult. So I worked in that setting for a little while, found it challenging. And I just wish that I had more hands. Like I wish there were more of me. I wish I had more colleagues that were in the department, but the budget just frankly isn't there. So I got the opportunity to then work in a day program setting, which I absolutely loved. There were so many colleagues that I could really brainstorm with and they'd share their ideas and we'd all really learn from each other. It was high energy, positive. And so I learned a lot from that setting. And that was a day program specifically working with people with dementia. So that was exciting. And then after that, I had an opportunity to move into a different role that focused more on responsive behaviors when they're moderate to high risk. And what I mean by that, they're also called expressions of risk or personal expressions. So when a person has dementia and other conditions, mental health conditions as well, sometimes there can be what we refer to as an unmet need. So when we think about even ourselves, I like to kind of bring it back to people who don't have dementia. So if we're upset or angry about something, you know, you you might start slamming doors or raise your voice, but a person with dementia, they may still feel this way, but not have that filter to realize when it's okay and when it's not and when it gets out of hand. So I work with individuals who experience more of or display more of this type of presentation. And so we're called in or I get involved when there's those issues so that I can then help with communication approach techniques, think about ways to engage a person in a meaningful manner that may help then to reduce those quote unquote responsive behaviors. So I've enjoyed my journey all along. I guess my struggle and where this really, where this Etsy shop was born from was my constant need to feel like we need to be more creative in how we can help the larger population and how I can reach as many caregivers as possible when we have, you know, like, I think it's half a million caregivers in Canada anyway. And half of those are, you know, caring for somebody who has dementia. 
I feel like there's, <laughs> I could do more than me seeing one person at a time. And so this is just another way for me to share some of the resources that I've found helpful so that other people can access them too. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to take a second and say that I think that you're doing amazing work. I'm sure that this has not been easy through COVID (laughs) and everything. Like you hear so much about these long-term care facilities and the way that that has changed through the pandemic and and just, you know, healthcare resources and staffing in general. So thank you for the work that you do. And I think, oh, I think it's amazing. You. Okay. So we talked a little bit before we hit record about kind of like the business right. side of this um, or the business aspect of this and mentioned that, you know, there are times that I've talked with people who have a real passion for what they're doing and they're, you know, either donating the proceeds or it's something like this where the passion is actually like directly related to the shop or whatever. And yet there still is some of those similar frustrations with people that it's not growing fast enough and it's not taking off fast enough. And your pure passion about the topic doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, it's going to become this huge thing. And that's not always even the goal. So can you talk to us a little bit about what that looks like from that standpoint? Like, have there been struggles for you even feeling really passionately about this topic? Have there been struggles for you as you have, you know, set up these other aspects of the business and stuff that have been more challenging than others or that you've enjoyed more than others? I'll try to answer as best I can. My mind is not quite uh, a straight and narrow road. So you feel free to bring me back whenever you need to. But I guess <laughs> I guess it goes, I've never thought of myself as, you know, I'm going to start a business. It's not like I had any clear goals. What I did know that what I realized was that a few years ago, I reached my own point of overwhelm, which led to, you know, a few weeks of a stress leave which was related to everything in life, Uh, probably family stuff, being a parent, being in this more of a urgent role, I guess, is how I felt that I was needed. Compassion fatigue, which is, you know, when we care so much that we actually get burnt out and we lose the amount of patience that we have. So it's hard for us to keep giving. So I really see myself and identify with the sandwich generation term. So during that time off, it was one of those times where I just had to sit with myself and reflect and figure out, you know, what I needed to do. So I thought about what I was grateful for. I thought about what I really wanted in life, which was probably really important for me. I realized some of the pieces of the fun aspect in life were missing. And so this somehow led to this idea of awestruck. And so as I thought, like the awe stood in my mind for age, wisdom, and experience. And so I really wanted to draw on those three things from the people that I worked with in order to inspire, empower, and educate or teach other people the remaining strengths that we all have. It doesn't matter if you have dementia or you don't, but as we go through life, we're always learning. So it's not like I was thinking, how can I make money from this? It was just this need where I needed to highlight those pieces. So, you know, I wrote myself a goal card and had these ideas that I wanted to have some kind of a record people in some way. And I really truly believe in capturing our life story and recording it in some way so that 
the people who do work with us, if we can't speak for ourselves or can't advocate for ourselves be due to whether it's cognitive, physical, or emotional changes, I think it's important that we can capture the essence of who we all are as individuals, as unique beings. And so that's really at the core of everything I strive for. So saying all of that, there was a time where I got very frustrated in, in a, with a certain case, I guess you could say, that I was working with and was part of a family care conference in a long-term care home. And it started with such a negative view of the person that I was there to help, to advocate for, and was you know there with the spouse and the family member on the phone and it, there was just all negative, you know, he's aggressive, he's abusive, he, and there was no thought of who this person was before their diagnosis, and that the person was a, a professional, that he was a dad, he was a husband, and it just got me so frustrated. So when I got home at the end of the day, and I was reading a story with my daughter before bed, it was like a light bulb went off. And so I had to pause, I got her to grab me a notepad so I could write down these ideas. And it was all about how, you know, I, I was thinking of decks of cards and how they're familiar and how numbers and letters and words are familiar, depending on the different people I've worked with. So I had this idea that I would create this whole activity kit. And that would show and help people, you know, see the strengths from their engagement with this activity kit. So then they'd see the person in a different light. Anyway, I went through and tried to trademark this and bring it to life. I spent so long laminating everything, typing things up, activities, games, numbers, letters, rhymes, riddles, fill in the blanks. And so that took years for this trademark to happen. And I got frustrated with waiting. So I think between that and then COVID hitting, it just became time that I needed to figure out other ways to help and create opportunities for people to still access these ideas, you know, and realize that maybe this activity kit wasn't actually going to come to fruition. So I just don't like waiting. So as much as it, I'm not making any money and Etsy was going to take me some time to develop, it was worth the time because my heart's in it, you know, and, and I know that eventually I'll develop as many things as I can for people to access and they're cheap, right? When they're digital, I don't have to do the laminating. I don't have to do the physical piece, but they're there for people to be able to download and print if they want as many times as they want, laminate as they please because of it helps with infection prevention and cleaning and long-term care homes. And so anyway, that's how that all evolved. And of course, it's been a winding road, as you can tell, but it's just a, a passion project at this point. But my hope is not that it stays small. I do hope that it grows into something significant and meaningful so that it reaches as many people as possible to help. This episode is brought to you by Audible. It's no secret that I love reading fiction, nonfiction, biographies. I'm here for it all, but I don't always have time to read or the ability to focus only on the page of the book in front of me, like hello, summertime at the beach or by the pool where I have to be present to supervise my kids. That's why I love Audible so much. I can download books and take them on the go. Nothing like sitting by the ocean, listening to my favorite author's newest story. 
And now you can get a free 30-day trial to Audible that includes a credit for any premium selection title that you want. There are podcasts, audiobooks, guided wellness, and so much more. Head to laurenkeplinger.com forward slash audible for all the details and to get started today. laurenkeplinger.com forward slash audible. Yeah. And that is, for those of you that are listening, really why I wanted to bring Lisa on the podcast today. She reached out to me in email and was just talking about, you know, listening to the podcast and that she enjoyed it and telling me about herself. And it kind of hit me (laughs) that I don't always think that I do a great job on this podcast of highlighting different kinds of stories or different I guess kind of like the paths that we all take to get where we are. You know, my story was very business driven. Like Mm. I wanted a job that (laughs) I made money. (laughs) And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And there's plenty of people listening who also want those same things. But there's also plenty of people who that's not their motivation for getting into this. And while, you know, everybody likes to be able to make money from what they're passionate about and ideally those two things can collide in a really fulfilling way. There are a lot of people that do come to this podcast and come to Etsy and everything with a real passion for what they're doing and who they're serving through what they're creating. And I think that that's really important to highlight and to have this conversation with somebody who's done it because that's not my story. And so I don't want it to come across to people that that's the only, you know, the only thing is just like building this business that makes as much money (laughs) as possible. (laughs) And hopefully this is communicated in lots of other ways other than just the podcast. But like, there's always some motivation for what you are doing, whether it is to make money for you to be able to then give more or whatever, you know, like, it's not just like you're sitting around counting your dollar bills all the time. But regardless... (laughs) I love a good passion project and the, I really like what you said about, I mean, I'm sure that this was not enjoyable to go through at the time, but, you know, struggling through the legal system and the trademarking and all of that, but then turning to Etsy for the accessibility, which is kind of like the opposite of like going through the legal (laughs) system and trademarking things, (laughs) you know, kind of like a very different platform and a very different way of getting things out. But like you said, you know, I mean, if you have a a digital download, first off, it's less work for you for somebody to buy it. But it's also the ability for that to have such a, a wide reaching impact when the activity bundles are, you know, $5. Yeah, is huge, like the potential there for the impact that that could make. Yeah, absolutely. Lauren, I just want to pause and acknowledge you quickly and say that when I reached out to you initially, I was completely surprised. Well, first of all, that you responded because I really honestly admire your podcast and have been listening for quite some time. But the other piece of that was that you responded quite humbly, which I was shocked at. You know, I I should expect that knowing what I know of you from your character on the podcast. But the fact that you said exactly what you just said now, where it was like, I don't necessarily always think about that side. And I thought, wow, you know, that I mean, there's so many different sides and I wouldn't expect anybody else to get it or to understand. So I just want to say that I was just really impressed and admire 
anybody's ability to go, huh, I don't normally see it that way because I don't think that's easy for people to do. And I just want to also say that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with wanting to earn more money. And of course, I think we all do. And you're right. There's an energy in money that allows us then to give even more back and to do more to, you know, be fulfilled and live a meaningful life. So anyway, I, sorry, I just wanted to add that. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you saying that. I think that what really has, I think, jumped out to me about your whole story and, and it's been a theme through a lot of the media consumption and stuff that I have really, I don't know, something that has changed for me through, I think through the last two years of COVID is really seeing individual people for their humanity as a person instead of a number or a statistic or a label of a diagnosis or whatever, you know, like you're talking about this man and his own family is really, really frustrated with him, which I not having ever dealt with that situation. I'm sure that there are very frustrating aspects of it, but to still see the story that that person has lived and, you know, what they have to, I don't even want to say contribute because it makes it sound like your value as a person is like what you can do for mm-hmm. the world, but just their value in their Yeah, just their for being, personhood. right? Like we all give back in so many ways. Yeah. And I think we tend to forget that. And if there's some kind of an issue or a, a condition or, you know, we're diagnosed with something, then that tends to define people where it shouldn't. We're made up of so much more right. than you know, the behaviors that we (laughs) might display. And so absolutely. And it can be anything from like even the profession. So you being, I'm thinking that your, you know, numbers are probably a strong suit for you. Like that's something. So that's just a good example for later on. That's something in my role that I would draw on and go, well, I know Lauren, you know, is really good at math or numbers. Right. Yes. Spreadsheets. Let's get her some (laughs) spreadsheets and see what happens. So those things are so important. And those are things that we need to know about one another. It doesn't matter what it is. And I'm sure most people have heard about how effective and impactful music is. Like it's knowing these pieces that can make all the difference in how a person can respond. Anyway, a little tangent. Yeah. Well, Lisa, I am so grateful for this conversation. I'm thankful to have a platform where I have the ability to talk with people with varying experiences and also put that out there for people to connect with you and to to hear this <laughs> this side of it. <laughs> so, if people want to look up what you're doing and find you and, you know, reach out, where can they connect with you? Well, obviously the Etsy shop, Awestruck Aspirations would be great. And then I think Aspirations at gmail.com would be another place that you could email me, I guess. I tend to use LinkedIn. So I am on there as Lisa Jaworski. I may get something up and going someday under Awestruck Aspirations for that. And then I do have a Facebook page for Awestruck Aspirations that I'm not so great at social media, to be very honest. But I've realized that I know that activity recreation and activity professionals and family members use Pinterest quite a bit. So that's my next venture is I'm, I'm really starting to dabble and have started to learn how to create pins and doing it consistently. So you can look me up on for Awestruck Aspirations on Pinterest.ca. 
as well. I'm sure it's pinterest.com too, but those would be, I guess, the main places to reach out to me. Well, thank you again for taking the time to do this and for reaching out to me on email. I'm glad we got an opportunity to connect and to talk. Oh, thank you so much. I really just appreciate the opportunity and to meet you. Thanks so much for tuning in. I would love to continue this conversation and connect with you over on Instagram. I am at lauren.keplinger and I am in my DMs and interacting with people all the time. So if you have questions about the episode, follow up, thoughts, comments, whatever, shoot me a DM and I would love to connect with you. I will see you back here, same time, same place next week. Bye for now.